Wittenberg on SAFM like a tightened bow. Uh, I must tell you, when, <laughs> uh, I, I, I was saying the other day, I was on holiday. Sure, it seems like just the other day. I was on holiday a couple of weeks ago. And as, as where I was, had this guy who taught us how to, um, how to shoot archery. Now, I've been watching archery at the Olympic Games, and it looks like an easy sport, right? How hard can it be? You pull back the bow, you look down the little thing, let go, and it lands in a 10. I didn't hit the target once in like an hour. I had an hour with a, with a bow. Okay, it's not one of those Olympic bows, but still, arrow didn't go where it was supposed to go at all. Not even close. But that's fine. Next guest here on SAFM joins us now, uh, clinical psychologist, Dr. Kokecho Tsebe. You like that song, Kokecho? Uh, Doc, do I call you Doc or can I call you Kokecho? Uh, anyone you're comfortable with, John. Hmm, you see, <laughs> it, uh, I'll call you Kokecho when we talk about music, but when we talk about important things, I'll call you Doctor. How's that? Ah, that's cool. <laughs> that's cool. <laughs> Beatenberg's not bad, eh? The music you just heard. It's actually beautiful music. I was just telling Ben in the background that how what a way mm. to start an interaction with you guys. <laughs> ah, like a tightened bow. That's what psychologists do is try and release that tightened bow, don't you? Of course, you're right. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's talk about you for a little bit before we go. We've got a number of topics that we could talk to you about. And uh, I think the, the, with the Olympic Games, what, do they finish up tomorrow. I think it's very important what we're going to talk about. But first of all, congratulations, finalist at the Momentum G-Sport Awards. Thank you so much, John. Uh, thank you so much for the congratulation message. A special recognition award. Do awards mean something to you? It does. It does, John, in a sense that, you know, I'm, I'm researching my interest is in sports psychology, which is a niche area. Um, I've always said it was difficult for me to actually get that breakthrough to be able to speak about this across all boards. So now if, uh, you know, I work like Momentum G-Sports are able to recognize the work that I'm doing, uh, it's a feedback and I'm grateful for it. Also, when was this that you were one of the young, 200 South African, young South Africans? Congratulations on that as well. Thank you so much. Yeah, it's uh, one of the oh. recent accolades that also humbles me to say that, uh, you know, it's, you're considered as a trailblazer. It's, uh, it shows that um, I'm headed into the right direction just to continue to work hard and commit to my passion for sports psychology. It's interesting. In, in an interview, you said it's one of your childhood dreams. I, I've never met a child who dreamt about being a, t a sports psychologist. Yes, of course, this has always been a childhood dream. You know, it's unbelievable on how things turn out. And I always uh, give give all praises to God that you know, having to live a dream, realizing a childhood dream, and uh, especially at a young age, after having completed tertiary, and you, I get opportunities to be able to speak about it with individuals, with teams, in seminars, and actually to teach this at UNISA. So it has been a very tremendous and humbling journey for me. Is, is sports psychology, it's a relatively new field, isn't it? Sportsmen are always like, sportsmen and women are always like, well, go on, go do your thing. And it's, it's relatively, when I say relatively new, you must remember I'm much older than you are. So it's, 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 it's only really come to light in the last, I want to say, like 20 years. Yes, you're right. It's, um, it's a relatively new in a niche area. 
that has really gained popularity and I can see it um, it also gaining popularity in the country. I think other internationally, uh, other sporting courts have always used the consulted with psychologists in terms of team preparation. But mm-hmm. recently we've seen with the Olympics on how, even before heading, heading to Olympics and also during, on how mental health was also on the spotlight, which uh, it, it somehow shows you that there is a need to integrate mental health, that is sports psychology in sports. So there's a need for, for the platform and growth of this sport. Yeah, yeah, when you first think of sports psychology, you think of that that whole psyching you up, you know, before the team goes on. It's like you can win and you gotta you got to visualize yourself winning. But suddenly when you've seen, and we've spoken about this in the show a couple of times, Naomi Osaka pulling out of Wimbledon, citing mental issues, Simone Biles pulling out of the Olympic Games, citing mental problems as well. It's... It's not just the build-up. It's, it's maintaining that pressure all the time the top athletes experience, isn't it? Yeah, it is. It's, it's being able to maintain pressure. That's where we'll speak about a very important psychological variable in sports psychology. That is mental toughness. The ability to be able to sustain and to be in the moment, even in, in hardships, in tough times. Um, uh, yeah, so that's, that's, that's important to be able to, to integrate this and be able to focus on and prioritize their mental health. Do athletes experience more pressure now since social media has come about? In the old days, it was just commentators, maybe a newspaper report, but now everybody's a critic. And I imagine if you're, if you're an athlete and you're having a bad day and you get 100,000 tweets saying that you're really bad at your sports, that must, that must hurt the players as well. Yeah, yes, you're right, John. I think the role of social media has also increased uh, the pressure on athletes. Pressure is part of sports competition. Sure. We do acknowledge that. But now with the great use of social media, where they can be able to share their comments and frustrations, their fans, that can really get into a player. And it always draws back to the ability to regulate, regulate your social media and also how do you receive feedback and criticism and how do you move past such it's a regulation and management of emotions, particularly around the feedback one uh, athlete would get from the, the fans. What do you suggest an athlete does? Would, would you tell them to ignore it completely? Don't go onto social media if you're having a bad day. Um, the, the, my, my advice is always regulation of, of using social media. To what extent do you use it? You need to regulate it. And um, of course, there will be chances where even though you regulate it, you receive it. But uh, you must also understand that on the other side, the, on the other side, the fence, they could be coming from a position of frustration, and that does not mean that as a player you do not have the skills. You might have, for instance, you might have committed a mistake of which, according to the players, you costed them a, a, a victory. But uh, it doesn't entirely define who you are as a player. It's their own frustrations versus yourself as an athlete. So you need to be able to draw a difference between Sage and be able to, as much as you take it, be able to know how to manage it, post post Sage comments, to be able to, you know, don't also allow comments from friends to make you second guess yourself or mm. allow them to ultimately impact on your self-esteem. Yeah, I guess that's a difficult thing for somebody to accept, right? Then they're not attacking you; they're they're attacking the play. You know, they don't know you. I guess, right? Of course, yes. It's it's about the performance. Remember, your relationship 
with the fence, it will be in the, because of that particular sporting coach. So they are taking the, the performance, but not necessarily about you. It might be you who they think, you, who, of which they assume that you committed that error, but you need to also be able to draw the difference between the two so that you, you also don't lose your cool, you don't lose yourself in the midst <laughs> of such frustrations and complaints. Plenty to talk about. My guest is clinical psychologist, Dr. Kukecho Tsebe. Uh, she's very involved in softball South Africa as well. We'll talk about that and a couple of things from the Olympic Games that you might have noticed over the last couple of weeks. That's all coming up in a bit. Sport Tracks on SFM with John Karika. In case you missed the news, because you've been under a rock, South Africa beaten the British and Irish Lions by three points in the deciding test match. Mornay Stain from middle of the field, 35 metres out, crossing the bar with the ball, scoring a penalty. South Africa 19, British and Irish Lions 16. I sounded like a sports commentator there. And he crossed the line with the ball. That's what he did. South Africa 19, British and Irish Lions 16. Uh, and just another result that's come through recently, Leicester have beaten Manchester City to win the FA Community Shield. Are Leicester back? They beat the mighty City. Leicester won. Manchester City won. Both blue colours. Uh, my guest is clinical psychologist Dr. Kokecho Tsebe. Uh, she's a finalist for the 2021 Momentum G-Sport Awards for the Special Recognition Award. Uh, I want to talk to you, Doc, if you don't mind. You, did anything stand out for you at the Olympic Games? There's such a small gap between first and second. I was giving an example of Jean Spiss earlier today in the men's Kirin. 0.7 seconds between first and sixth. Did anything stand out in the last two weeks that have come out of the Olympics for you as a psychologist? Um, I think for me to, I would also not necessarily base the comment based on comments, but I've, I've just been observing at least seeing them in a mood, in a joyful mood to want to play their part to participate and also represent the country. It's, it's mm. something that I also found it quite uh, interesting. What do you mean? A sense of eagerness from the, 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 right. the athletes to be able to want to compete, especially, John, if you consider that uh, the, the Olympics were supposed to be held last year and then uh, now they, they had to be postponed. That sense of eagerness and willingness to still want to participate is something mm. that I, I I found it quite interesting that also in the midst of the pandemic, there's still that sense of eagerness to want to participate. Also doing it with no fans around. You always think they do it for the fans, but uh, this was a very different Olympic Games. It was different, totally different on its own. Uh, like you're saying that there wasn't any fans, so you'd rely on uh, fellow athletes in case they are there to 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 give feedback mm. and also your coaches. But I, I think also uh, with with professional participation, there is that level of adjustment that uh, athletes along the line, along the journey, they get to master and do, do better with changes that occurs, like changes of this nature, of not having fans uh, at the stadiums. Again, how important is your job in that scenario? First of all, as, as I say, such a small difference between first and second, so obviously the mind plays games there, but also the mind, I imagine, plays games where there are no fans. Suddenly you don't have that uh, in rugby, the 25th player, or in football, the 12th player that's supporting you and making you lift your game a little bit. 
Yes, mental health is important in the overall preparation, also including in taking into account changes that we've just spoken about, changes of not having fans at the stadium. Um, you know, mental preparation to competition is quite lengthy and it requires consistency. Consistency and uh, in a sense that uh, you introduce mental health is in four years in preparation to the Olympics. But when you return, we start also to prepare for a competition that is going to happen after four years. And the, the nature of competition varies, obviously, to integrate aspects such as goal setting, um, you know, mindfulness, managing anxiety, confidence, any performance-related variables that one could think of. And uh, also maintaining, uh, maintaining peak performance, bouncing back from a loss, and so forth. So it continues. And ultimately, you get into the real competition, like the Olympics. That's where support is very much important to give support. And where Olympics get to be held in the midst of changes like this, where there's no fence, players, they would have been taught in psychological sessions to adjust to changes. Because remember, there's also changes that we get environmental through weather. Sometimes they have to adjust to play uh, during different weather conditions. Mm-hmm. So also had to adjust to play in the midst of pandemics, where there's also, in your mind, you must also remember to put on your mask when you're off the field, and also know, <laughs> sure. yeah, and also know that you do not have fans in the stadium. And the postponement, when, when we were talking to these elite athletes before they were going to the games, there was this year delay. You know, as you were saying, four-year cycles, suddenly they had to prepare, an extra year was thrown in there. And, and throw in the COVID as well, training is completely different. It, it must have taken quite a, quite a lot of effort to be able to get to that point, just to be at the game. Yeah, there's no doubt that... Uh you know, the postponement had uh, most likely had a psychological toll on the preparation. Because, you know, uh, John, there's so much preparation that goes into this. Like you've said, it's a a four-year cycle. And uh, that sense of eagerness had to be paused. And, of course, still with uncertainty because the pandemic is still here. All right. I want to talk a little bit more about you, if you don't mind, Dr. Kokecho Tsebe. Having a look at where you came from, young girl from Mokopane had dreams of being a clinical psychologist. Talk us through the journey. How did you go from being a young lady in Mokopane to being a lecturer and doctor at UNISA? Okay. My journey has been a humbling one. I think I'm still humbled. I always say I wake up every day with a prayer and I always say, God, this is actually, I'm, I'm, I'm humbled. It came about, uh, you know, growing up in a very religious and supportive family. It, I always got a sense that I'm going to make it because of the positivity and the belief that my family had on me. So after growing up in Makulering, I went to study for at the University of Limpopo. That's where I got my three degrees and MBA and honors and masters in clinical psychology. And then I've always been passionate because I knew that I want to specialize in sports psychology. That's where that inspired my PhD thesis that was mainly around softball and uh, mindfulness. And then on its own, I took that uh, knowledge. I integrated it during the time I was doing my PhD. I then joined Softball South Africa as a psychologist. So I was actually the first psychologist to be working with the national team at Softball SA. I'm also grateful for Softball South Africa for having given me that opportunity. So all along, so now, John, here's the, what's the interesting part is that I could take in the research knowledge, the skills I'm acquiring through my research, and put it into practice. 
through working with players, national uh, softball players. And ultimately, after, because I also wanted to join academia, I joined the University of South Africa, and then the University of South Africa was able to also give me an opportunity to teach and actually be a module leader for sports psychology, which is an honors module, mm. and also allowed me to supervise postgraduate students with their research studies, their research along sports psychology, and also do research output. So um, I look back and reflect, I'm like, I'm grateful that I could be able to align this interest across all boards. Why softball? Um, okay, I choose the topic in softball, John. I think I always say it's sentimental in a sense that I grew up uh, in Mahulering. Those who are familiar with Mahulering, and of course yourself, you'd know that Limpopo is very good in softball, has produced a lot of softball players, good quality softball players. So also it was the same case with me. I am also a product of softball of Mahulering Spikes. <laughs> That's the team that I played for growing up. So softball had a very, very great influence in my upbringing because when I remember I reflect back I like what dominated my childhood was family school and playing softball so after that I thought okay I'm going to do a party my participants my study group are going to be I'm going to focus on softball uh of course because there's not a lot of work that has been done on softball and of course personally because this is the sporting course that has really contributed a lot in my uh, growth you're right. It's interesting because softball is always seen as like I don't know, the, the baseball that girls play. Uh, and it, it, we get these little highlights at Olympic Games or Commonwealth Games every now and again. And you suddenly realize just how difficult a sport it is. It needs more recognition, doesn't it? Yes, of course. It needs that. It needs uh, more recognition of softball in the country. But I do I think I'm with, uh, I think administratively softball has been doing quite well in the country. Excellent. Are we going to be at the Olympic Games with it soon? Hey? Are we going to be able to be at the Olympic Games with it in Paris, maybe? Softball. I hope so. <laughs> I hope so. Teach, teach Japan so. how to play. We'll teach Japan how to play softball. Yes. <laughs> okay. So, what's next for you? You're 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 helping uh, helping sports. You're helping people who help sports. You're in very involved, as you said, with your master's, your PhD degree in helping others with their research. What's next for you then, uh, Kokecho? What's next? Okay. Um, we've discussed about uh, how how you, you've acknowledged that this is a, a growing fault. It's 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 mm, so this is, I want to expand this. Um, as you may know that I'm also attached to SASCOC. So this is um, a, um, an interest that I'd like to expand by working more with professional teams, different sporting codes, and also as my role as an academic, I'd want to get more output, do a lot of research so that I integrate it into practice. So whichever work that I'll be doing, I must at least have researched and understood and read I also want to research, uh, supervise uh, uh, masters and PhD students, and of course continue to teach about it, uh, sure. eat and sleep sports psychology in so many ways. But one thing I know that I want to contribute significantly in the field of sports psychology. Mm. And obviously, wait for to possibly win a Momentum G Sport Award. Oh, yes. I'm crossing my fingers <laughs> for that, John. <laughs> uh, yes, I, I'm crossing my fingers I, for that. 
I know part of your, your research has been the well-being of athletes, especially after losing. Uh, hopefully, you don't have to put that into practice on yourself. Uh, <laughs> I see what you're saying now. <laughs> 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 I can see. <laughs> we cannot Dr. Kikot- yeah. <laughs> Dr. Kikot- yeah, go ahead. Sorry. Yes, I'm sorry, John. I'm saying I, at this stage, it's uh, that sense of um, being humbled actually being a funnelist and whichever comes will manage it when it comes. Mm. Dr. Kikocho Tsebe, thank you very much. Good wise words from a young lady, clinical psychologist, Dr. Kikocho Tsebe, uh, clinical psychologist, University of South Africa lecturer. She plays a vital role in softball South Africa and she still has time to talk to me. It's been an honor to talk to you. Thank you very much. Uh, we got three minutes or so to wrap up the program. See if I can make it through with myself. Take a quick sting and we'll wrap up the sport that's happened today. You are listening to Sport Tracks on SAFM. Cheslin Colby scoring a try for the Springboks. Mornay Stain. You will see it in the newspapers tomorrow. It'll be interesting to see which picture they choose for the Lions win. Uh, see, uh, one of the newspapers has got Mornay Stain uh, as he's about to strike the ball for the winning penalty for the Springboks to beat the British and Irish Lions. Uh, Colby try from a Lucania and pass. Sounds familiar. Springboks beating the British and Irish Lions by, uh, where's my scores? 19 points to 16. They had to come, Springboks had to come from 6-10 down to be able to beat the British and Irish Lions. They did that 19 points to 16. Congratulations to the box. Uh, what else can I tell you about? Leicester beating Manchester City 1-0 in the FA Community Shield in the football today. British football season has begun. Are you excited about the Premier League beginning? Um, Absolute Premiership, uh, no, what's it now? The DSTV Premiership are going to start soon as well. Still got a week or two to wait. Brentford against Arsenal starts things off on the 13th, just less than a week. That's next Friday. Brentford against Arsenal starts things off. Manchester United against Leeds. I saw Manchester United played a friendly against Everton today. Manchester United won that one as well. So Manchester United looking strong in pre-season matches. Uh, Cricket, it stumps on day four, the first test between India and England. India have lost one wicket. Uh, who was it? It was Rahul, who was caught by Butler off the bowling abroad for 26 when they were 34 for one. They've moved on to 52 for one at Stumps now against England. England today bowled out for 303. India need 157 runs on the last day. England need those nine runs to be able to win it. I think I'll put my money on India there. Uh, tomorrow, or in what's it, three hours from now, nine, 10, 11, 12. Three hours from now, the marathon starts in Japan. Uh, Elroy Gallant, Piha Mokoba, and Stephen Mokoka will be running the marathon or representing South Africa in the men's marathon final. It starts at midnight, three hours or so from now. That's about it as far as the sports is concerned. In case you missed it earlier, Western Province beating the Cheetahs in the Curry Cup, New Zealand beating Australia in the Bledisloe Cup, and that's it. The big headline you will see in the newspaper tomorrow, Springboks beating the British and Irish Lions. Congratulations to them. Also, congratulations to my team who put the show together. Ben Zito produced the program. DJ Sly's on the decks. Have yourself a great night. I'm John Kerrigan. I'll see you again. It's 9 o'clock.